This there's that a lot here. Clap felt, that clap felt real fucking good. There's a lot lie. here. It, fucking, it, it was like a lightning bolt, like a whata. Let's not fuck around. Let's give it to him. Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brandana sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 91 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor, please. Subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, the turkey to my green bean casserole, most awesome. Ooh, getting that little Thanksgiving vibe in there. Holiday like AF, bruh. Right, you know what? It's so interesting to me that you love green bean casserole, love yet it. it has your food kryptonite, kind of like a creamier sauce to it. White creamy thing. This has been called out, and I can't. The only, okay. I'm not defending it. It's just like I'm not even gigantic mushroom fan. I will say this: it's a little bit more gray than it is white. I'll say that. Okay. I'll say there that. There you go. <laughs> not. <You got> saved. <laughs> doesn't give me a like a free pass. But I just do want to point that out. When you're kind of digging around this Thanksgiving and you're making the casserole, take a little peek and you're going to be like, Brandana, he was correct. That's right. Yeah. Brandana likes gray things more than one <laughs> thing. Okay. There you go. All right, guys. We got a jam-packed episode 91. We're doing rip from the headlines. We're doing college football log jam. Going to hit the inbox that we missed last week. Going to hit a little spin-off top. Then a new segment leading up to the new year and the end of this decade we're doing top two bottom two of the 2010s this week we're doing athletes we're gonna hit the neapolitan showdown top three foods for takeout then jump in the brandana gambling corner just a little story just want to touch it we're gonna dip our toe into it uh talking parlay pass they run end as we always do with our mvp of the week ladies and gentlemen you're our power starts now extra extra read all about it Talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right. Rip from the headline. College football logjam. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? That's right. I brought it back. Back. Bring it back. I thought I thought all week about it. Is he going to do it? Is he not? You did it. I like it. We're talking about it because we're in the basically like the second to last week of college football before conference uh, title games. And uh, I was looking at it just the other day, and I kind of noticed that we have, like you said, a log jam. Top ten teams. We have seven, excuse me, I almost said nine. We had seven one-loss teams, three undefeated teams, all of them in the Power Five conference. So that means like none of these like UCFs or any of these other kind of outliers that are out there all power five and i look back at it and i was like this seems relevant it seems like it's bigger i don't remember seeing this stuff and it is we have the the most number of one loss teams in the top 10 dating back to 2014 and that that year we had six one loss teams it's the second most undefeated teams this late into the season uh last year 2018 had four 2017 had three but uh, that four, 2018, that had one of those non 
Power Five conference teams in UCF, and you can almost count Notre Dame in a non-Power Five conference because they're conference-less. Um, so it felt significant to me because we have quality football teams all vying for those four coveted spots in the college football playoffs this late in the season. What that means, tons of storylines, lots of drama. I'm into it. You're flagging not only that we have the a high number of teams with one losses, but we're also we're not dealing with that confusion of just uh, like a like a Fresno State or something where it's just right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, how can we measure a UCF? against you know a Bama or a Clemson when they when they haven't played anyone they haven't played a quality schedule these all all these teams in the Big 10 the Big 12 the Pac 12 these guys have all gone up against quality opponents face other top 10 quality it's a lot easier to suss out comparables and say these teams are be- are the best four of the bunch so usually does this shit kind of figure itself out like since we started kind of the college football playoff it's kind of gotten lucky where it feels like, oh, yeah, these are the best four, and most people are kind of on board for it, or has it just been a shitstorm every year? I think for the most part it has figured itself out. The the outliers, like we talked about, USC threw a monkey wrench in there. We keep bringing them back up. Um, but really when it gets confusing, too, is then when you have, like, two lost teams that then get rated above a one-loss team, which we've had in the past. Bama, I think, I think in 2016 – they were like a two-loss team that made it in there over a one-loss team. So, <clears throat> But that came down to strength of schedule. Um, so it is one of those things where we don't have that fly in the ointment this year. I feel like we have quality teams, and I like it because I, I think I like the idea of the college football playoffs, and, and we've talked about this. I don't want it to go to like six or eight teams. I don't want these kids playing – excessive number of football games especially when they're not getting paid for it or they're not able to you know profit off of their likeness um that way we can kind of minimize the the playoff of of uh, you know them going out there and trying to win a national championship all right to that point where it does normally figure itself out is this year going to figure itself out oh there i mean i think there's going to be two quality teams that i think one being clemson i think they have an inside track they're eleven and zero. They're the only eleven and zero team right now. They've got one game left at South Carolina on November thirtieth after Thanksgiving, and they'll face off in a ACC championship game. My guess it's a logjam on the on the on the coastal side of the division. Uh, I think Virginia will probably come out with that win, uh, but they've been rolling. I mean, they have been. They beat their last six opponents all in the ACC by an average of or no less than 31 points in those six games. So they are rolling. I think they get in for sure. And then I think LSU, after what we saw with what they did to Bama, yeah, they have a real inside track. Now they still have two games, uh, Arkansas at, or excuse me, home for Texas A&M on the 30th. That could be a sneaky little trap game. And then they have to go for the SEC championship game, which right now is Georgia. Um, and Georgia's got two games left. Georgia has not been great offensively. Um, so it'll be interesting, but I think LSU and Clemson, those will be the two ones that are in there. And then we have Ohio state, probably a third team in there. Oops. I said it. Oh man. Ohio, you well, us. Look at that. We're all doing our things. We said we wouldn't do. Yeah. Yikes. Um, Ohio state's in there and then you've got, uh, you know, a bunch of teams fighting for that, for that four spot. And that's where the real, that's where the storylines come in. That's where the intrigue comes in. Okay. So unfortunately, so let's look at how this is actually played out. So it sounds like punch your tickets for 
LSU, and then Clemson. I got to think yeah. Alabama's out of the mix, not only based on the loss, but without Tua. Like, I feel like yeah. if it's a coin flip, you're going to be like, they're, they're starting quarterbacks not in there, so we got to go a different direction. Right. They're uh, the ones that, that, of all the teams out there, don't control their destiny at all. They need they have to win and they need other teams to lose in order for them to get a shot. Everyone else on that on the in the top ten ostensibly could have a just win and we're in mentality and not worry about the rest of it. So it looks like Georgia's gonna be punched a little bit because they gotta go into that title game, right? The conference title game. Yeah. And this is this is where but this will the this will be able to kind of prove themselves a little bit because even though they are in the, the number four team, they have struggled mightily uh, offensively. Jake Fromm, uh, I think, has uh, been compared to, I don't know, Kirk Cousins maybe? There you not, go, maybe baby. Not recently. Maybe not recently. Someone, He's very someone's been looking at my MVP of the week. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> He's been very conservative. Um, he only has, I think it's like, He's only through. Oh, he he doesn't throw any ints, but he also doesn't challenge the offense. Yeah. They have five four, straight four games. four touchdowns and four possessions in the second quarter, like one of those fifty yards. Yeah, conservative. conservative yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Right, sorry, right. Right. Oh, sorry, okay. sorry. All right, there we go. We're right. getting off track here. Um, but Georgia has has scored less than twenty eight points in the last five games. So offensively, they're very limited. They have a strong defense, but all these teams, LSU, Ohio, you found the rest, Clemson, Bama even, these teams have solid defense, but also put up a shit ton of points. So are they going to be able to trade blows with the big boys offensively? I don't know. So they have, are they going to get punished? Maybe, but they also need to prove it a little bit too. And I think that's what the conference championship in the SEC would do for them. They'd have to win that game. And obviously, uh, who, who are they playing that game? So I got my conference mixed up. Ohio State? No, uh, they would, no, LSU, they would most likely play LSU, assuming that both teams win out the rest of the way. LSU, Georgia. Both okay. ins- yeah, LSU, Georgia. Yeah, they're both in the SEC. Because um, they both have two games left. And assuming the wheels don't fall off of either one of them. They would now if they if one if they drop either if Georgia drops one of those games against Texas A and M, which is not I mean they started high in the top twenty five uh, at the beginning of the season, or rivalry game at Georgia Tech, they're out of it. They're done, and then that's where you could say, but you don't really. That's where maybe like a Florida could sneak in into the conference championship game, but then Florida I don't think they're gonna they're gonna make that huge leap up in the top four. If if Georgia loses a game and doesn't get in the conference championship, then that opens it up, I think, ideally for probably Oregon. Yeah, right, of the Pac-12. Um, and then maybe, depending, Oklahoma, who's sitting way down at ninth, they are in the Big 12. They've got two teams or two games left. Oklahoma, they have the inside track just to win the, the Big 12. They don't play a conference championship game. They could sit there and say, hey, we've got – a good enough schedule to get in there in that four spot. I should have done this earlier real fast. So right now the rankings for the playoffs are LSU at one, Ohio State two, Clemson three, Georgia four, Alabama five, Oregon six, Utah, Penn State eight, nine is Oklahoma, 10 Minnesota, and a reminder to have number eight Penn State currently trailing by two touchdowns to number two Ohio State. Yeah, that's that's basically uh, for the Big Ten East division right there. That's for that game right there because if – Penn State loses, they're out of it. 
can I speak intelligently? No, but I do have a rough idea. The AP, <laughs> okay. the AP poll is the well. AP I mean, it, for... intelligently for the MAB Sports Podcast, like right, right, right. <laughs> for uh, exactly. a podcast that welcomes all IPAs be drank on air. Like yeah, it's just kind of right. that. Yeah, that yeah, level yeah, yeah. Of right. Exactly. I'm a. I, I know fifth grade math <laughs> teaching it to fourth graders. I got it. Um, so what it is is the AP. You got the AP and then the the coaches poll. The AP obviously is a bunch of writers. They vote on it. The, the coaches association of coaches they vote on. Simple enough. The college football playoff committee is, I believe it's like 11 yeah. to 15 members or so. And the, and they get in and they all vote. They, they look at strength of schedule, record, top 25 wins. Uh, they look at even factor in things of like quality losses, strength of schedule. And I think they also look at the last few games, like you mentioned with Tua, that's a huge factor. They can't look at Bama at nine and one and look at it as the same Bama without Tua and now Mac Jones is a quarterback. Yeah. So they 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 look at all those variables and and they claim to have an algorithm. They claim to have a formula, but then they still kind of all sit there and vote on it. So that's the of, of anything that is the fault that you could claim fault to in that committee series or process. It's the human element in it, right? Yeah. It's that there's sometimes people get swayed by the narrative of the moment. And where, if you looked at it, just, you know, I think metrically, maybe they, maybe it wouldn't always be the same the way that they came out with it. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what podcast I was listening to. I actually did. It sounded for all the fucked up ways, the NCAA, whatever seeds things like it did sound like, uh, you know, something I'd like to build or that I would trust in. Cause it was like, yeah. so it's like the 11, 13, 15 dudes, whatever it is. Um, they all like show up, they, they blow it up each week. So they start over each week and then they, yeah. they pull the top six teams and then they rank their three, the top three out of that. And then the, you know, to get like, uh, you know, like four, five and six, like they pulled in three more teams and just kind of really debate and, and they said it's just like if a guy's just like, well, I really believe this team would beat this team on a given day. It's like that's fine. You plead your case, and then everybody just kind of right. votes, and that's where it lands. So yeah, and and they're all <laughs> they're all people that are associated with college football. Yeah. Uh, none. I don't know if there's any team specifics, but there are definitely like conference representatives that are there. If I if I memory serves. There are, and it's just like you have to. Uh, the great thing is you recuse yourself with the debate of that team, which is what I heard. Yes. So it's just like if you're a professor at fucking you know University of Minnesota, when it comes up and you're trying to figure out where they land, you just get the fuck out of the room. You come back, you're just like, oh, that's where you guys put it. Copy that. Right, right, right. Uh, okay, one last question I want to ask before we get the fuck out of here because this is plenty of college football talk. Uh, is there any sort of I want to say like advantage, but I, I like that that you brought up OU. So, is there any sort of like a conference representation or having like kind of all of that in the playoff that comes into effect? You think, or is it just the best? You know, what I'm saying like if the if the mm-hmm. SEC has like two teams and it's on the border to add that third, or you got like an OU that's a few slots below with the same record, it's got a coin flip. Do you want to get a Big Twelve team in there just to kind of have that college playoff of just like all these different conferences represented? Yeah, I think they definitely do want that. And I think that's where then the strength of the overall conference, which has hurt the Pac-12 in, in years past because the Pac-12 hasn't been great, so it's hurt them. Uh, it's a little bit of the limiting factor of Oklahoma right now because they lost to that K-State uh, team. Baylor is not real great, and they were down late a lot of times. They were down by 25 points in that game. And they've been down a lot in, in Pac-12 play, or excuse me, Big 12 play. Um, so yes, they do look at it in terms of representing it. Winning your conference is important. That that's a big 
factor to them. You have yeah. to be the champion of your conference or your division. That's important. Um, but then strength of play matters <laughs> on that as well too. But they're not afraid of putting. I mean, I think I think they would probably limit themselves at two SEC teams or two Pac-12 teams. I can't see them going like, all right, well, let's just go three. Let's just go LSU, Georgia, and Bama. That people would riot, and it wouldn't yeah. <laughs> truly be fair to those that you know say have a claim that hey, I won the Pac-12. That that means something. Uh, absolutely, but um, all right, great. Who do you have, real fast? Tell me your top four. Who's getting the playoff, and then who walks away with the championship? Um, I'm gonna go. I, I will stick with LSU and Clemson as my two. I'm not. These are no particular order. All right, relax. Uh, yeah, relax, relax. <laughs> I'm gonna go Oregon because I like the potential matchup against Utah that they have for the Big Twelve. Or God, what a Pac-12. And then I really want to say that Michigan will beat Ohio. You fill out the rest, but. I can't be confident, so I'm going to go Ohio, you fill out the rest, number four. Okay, real fast, I do want to ask this. It was just like, this is a sub- Okay, so you're saying that if Michigan beats Ohio, you fill in the rest, then Michigan goes to the final to play Georgia, and then Georgia beats Michigan, then OSU would be on the outside looking in? No, 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 no. Uh, so Georgia is in the SEC. Ohio, you fill out the rest, and Michigan are in the big. Oh, that's end. right, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so they, you know, Michigan's in the West. They, I don't think they would have an inside track. I, I think it's Minnesota and and Wisconsin are both uh, six and one, or no, six and Wisconsin six and two in the big Big East, Big Ten West. God, we're now we're really fucking this up. Yeah. No, um, it would just fucking hinder their season and yeah. they would get beat by Michigan. Yeah, it, it, it would it would probably factor into the fact that uh, I hate them. Yeah, That's I should have brought this up. We should have got out of the segment like yeah. a minute ago. Now I look like an idiot. You didn't look your best. I'm going to just edit all that shit out. Alright, uh, jumping in the inbox. Right? <laughs> no one will ever be the wiser. Alright, um, in the inbox, a little spinoff. Big Bang Theory just ended. Uh, they've had the spinoff show Young Sheldon out for a few years now. What's the worst mm. character to copy this Horrendous concept. An example would be young Homer Simpson. Oh, he said, oh, he's going young. Okay, so here's my confusion out of the gate. Like, I wanted to get in. I was like, oh, like The Office, like a young Michael Scott or something. But he said. I had that too. I had that. But he I had said. Young Michael Scott. Yeah, which would which would be fun because he kind of brings up the story. And, like, it yeah. could, you know, some of that stuff when people that are really followers of series, they're just like, oh, like, I remember, like, whatever his, like, his boss was that he was talking about. It would be fun to watch. But he said worse. Right. So yes. So I had to throw that out. Yeah, yeah, I know. I actually thought, thinking back to the office, young Michael Scott, I thought all the way like young Sheldon as the kid, and remember there was that one scene, that one episode in the office where he played the video when he was on the the kids show, and he was like in a little suit. Oh and he, like, yeah. Cried, and it was like <laughs> yeah. That made me feel sad. So I was like, ooh, that would be like this sad little kid, like just wanting to have like a family. Yeah. And that would be a bummer <laughs> of a show. So that's why I kind of. I twisted it a little yeah. bit on it. Oh, so that might work. Uh, I would like a, a young Sam Malone from Cheers. Like, give me oh. give me a little bit of him just being like a fucking shit show partier and pitching for the Red Sox. That would be that'd be a fun show. Be a good. That hang. actually would be a great. It's been there's been enough distance in Cheers and now you yeah. can almost it could almost live in its own you know universe. Yeah. And why wouldn't we love watching? Uh, 
the, the the Hank Azaria show on IFC is about the drunk, you know, baseball yeah. play caller. <laughs> exactly. That would be a, that would be great. Like we love that. That's great. Like why am I, I don't know why I'm blanking on the name of that. But anyways. Oh, it's, it's uh great. oh yeah. What is it? It's oh people are. The Doff is probably Brockmire. Oh, there you go. Good pull. There you go. Yeah, I, I kept wanting to say Bullworth, and I was like, don't say it. You're going to sound like an idiot. Think about that. Uh, that's, that's two things Brandon's going to have to chop from this episode. I'd say the Megan uh, Mullally character from Will and Grace. That'd probably be the worst. Okay. Yeah, I, I, was gonna go, I was going to go uh, young Dexter from, from you know. The, the Dexter HBO series oh, where yeah. he's a little serial killer. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fucking awful. That would because they do um, they do have the flashbacks of him just like he's like found and like covered in like blood and stuff. Alright, this is I think, like I, a think, shipping container. I think the yeah. email said sitcom brother. I think it said let's keep it in light. Mm. <laughs> okay. Did it? Yo, young young George Costanza, maybe that would be terrible off of the Seinfeld. Mm. Could be there. Would that be good or, or bad? Maybe it would be a vehicle for the the parents, the Jerry Stiller character. Yeah, that's right. Going out for Jerry. All right, guys, uh, shoot us any stuff you have for the inbox at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. All right, new segment, top two, bottom two of the 2010s. There's nothing where he used to lie. A conversation has run dry. That's what's going on. Nothing's fine, I'm torn. I'm all out of faith. This is how. All right, guys, this is a segment. We're rolling in to close out the decade. Uh, we're about eight, oh, five. November. I like, I like where you're at. What, yeah. what year is it? It's 2019. We'll get through 10 because we'll keep going. I guess we don't have to do 10. Fuck it. We'll figure it out. But it's basically, we'll do what we want. Yeah, we'll do it. Sports <laughs> podcast. We're going to do top two, bottom two of yeah. everything 2010 up to current. I did spend some time. I really wanted to dig in and – Make your case. Uh, a little like make the case. I, th- I think you're gonna agree on most of these cases, but I think I, I didn't want. I wanted to get away from recency bias. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't mm-hmm. want to forget about that shit going down in like 2013. If I didn't read that, you know what I'm saying? Like it's easy to say like, right. oh, like worst athlete. Right. It's just like Baker Mayfield. He's got to get it together. Antonio Brown. It's just like these are bad. And these names did go through my brain, <laughs> but they didn't land on there. Right, uh, right. I'd like to start with the bottom two. I'll come out of the gate. Uh, one of my bottom two, Johnny Menzel. So I'm trying. Oh, I I definitely had him. He was tooling around there yeah. for sure. So um, so we got a guy that you know is two years of at Texas A&M through uh, 63 touchdowns, 22 ints with the 164 QB rating, uh, won the Heisman Trophy. Everybody's super excited about him coming out of the draft. The yep. Browns picked him up and then did what the Browns do to quarterbacks. Just made him a little another notch on the belt, only with this quarterback. And it goes, we all know my theory about like quarterbacks being rushed out there. That kind of happened here. This guy just with the the money side was just a real shithead about it and kind of put yep. himself in a position where you had the league and everybody kind of rooting against him. The dollar sign things that eventually drop. Uh openly partying like we know other guys did that but like not hiding at all his cockiness started to wear thin on everybody especially when he wasn't winning football games uh, and 14 games in the nfl seven tds seven ints with a 74.4 passer rating and uh that i mean and he got in trouble with the law like uh, actually had charges with domestic abuse also and then found himself out of the league yeah let's let's also talk a little bit about manzel and just the foundation of him um, 
that he grew like he's like third or fourth generation like Texas oil money, right? Yeah. And it's like, but it's not like one of those like historic like landmark families. It's like these one had like a land contract and just have this funnel of cash pouring into them. So his dad was like equally as shitty throughout the decade, especially early on in the you know the money Manzel kind of you know uh, you know origin story at Texas A and M, right? Like yeah. here was this guy who was not held accountable, not anything that you would look at in terms of a franchise quarterback. He was all himself first and just grew up in this environment where that's all he had to do is focus about himself and worry about himself and just play well. But, it, you know, I don't want to say the detriment of others around him, but he just didn't care. And, yeah. it, and it finally, like, crescendoed with the Browns where – they drafted him, I think it was in the late 20s, like 22nd overall, mm-hmm. 20, 22, I think 21, somewhere in there. And it was like it never he, – he just never had – because I don't actually truthfully believe that he loved playing football. Yeah. I think he did it because he was good at it, and it got him a lot of acknowledgement and adulation. But he wasn't in there like film study, working hard. You know, He just wanted it for money and partying, and that's great in college – but not of the NFL. I think it's just also great for the narrative of you'd have to work hard. Like just because you have yeah. talent, like talent just ain't enough. And the transition from college to NFL, when you just need to be reminded as everyone's kind of going to the spread or whatever, that it's just like, it ain't a simple fucking crossover. All right, brother, who do you got? Uh, I am going to go, I'm going to go with, uh, are we doing? Is there any particular order? Did did you ask to order these? I don't know. No, just give me your bottom okay. two. All right, then I'm gonna go my bottom two. I'm gonna go Richie Incognito. Oh yeah, that guy had a tough, tough couple years. This guy is a real piece of shit, <laughs> on and off the field. Because like you said, I didn't want to go with just the recency of today. Yeah, I wanted to think back on it, and if we forget the whole bullying scandal of the Jonathan Martin and when he was with the Miami Dolphins, the other offensive lineman. Jonathan Martin also having a wild after story after this all rolled out. Um, he made like a, he made like a, a, a like he was going to shoot up his old high school in California. Like Holy years shit. Later. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, clearly dealing with some struggles and some mental issues, but incognito, obviously the stories and the, just what you heard him say to Jonathan Martin, I mean, just a real piece of shit. And it was kind of uh, instituted or claimed that it was, it was, you know, propagated by the offensive line coach that they wanted to tough, toughen Jonathan Martin up. This uh, little, little kid out of little Stanford. Little few good men code red, baby. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Exactly. Colonel Jessup. Uh, so then also, too, all right, so we have that. He's out of football, goes to rehabilitate himself. Then he freaks out at a dude, another gym patron at a Lifetime Fitness, where he freaks out, he throws, like, tennis balls at this guy and a dumbbell at this guy. Can you imagine, like, 6'3", 300-pound, Richie Incognito freaking out at you at, like, a lifetime (laughs) fitness? Like, it's nuts. Uh, You won't like this brain, Dan. I hit a Twitter outburst later on, a few years later, at your your boy, uh, Mike Zimmer, saying that they were thinking about signing him. He was calling him a liar, F-bombs, and had to delete his Twitter. And then, finally, the last one, threatened to shoot up his... The funeral home where his father was 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 being held at, probably some other weird thing. This is this guy, shitbird athlete. Uh, he's he's still in the league, unfortunately. Still in league, yeah. All this stuff happened in the 2010s, mind you. I know. Yeah. He started his reputation preceded himself in like 2005 through 2009 with the Bills' his first run, but all this is 2010 stuff. Shitty athlete. Oh, fuck that guy. 
uh, not incognito about being a piece of shit. Am I right? <laughs> Bam. Ooh, we still bring the puns. Remember the tone of this podcast. Uh, all right. But you might have to help me out on my number two of my bottom two okay. right here. Anthony Bennett. Ooh, we share it. I I got it. We're the same guy. Oh, that's what you put for yours? I I do. I do. Oh, awesome. And you take it because I was just – I was like – Put to like tooling around. I was just like, all right, like what's some things that didn't pan out? And I was just like, I'll just say this, then you take it from there because you probably have some memories. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? First overall pick in 2013. Yes. Never heard of him. Right. Out of the league in four years. Uh, he was a McDonald's All American, played one year at UNLV, and was surprisingly drafted by the Cavs, number one overall, after LeBron, post LeBron. Uh, and then you've got, uh, uh, you know, uh, okay, yeah, because like LeBron's that. LeBron's in Miami. Mount LeBron's in Miami. Yeah, this is two years I think before. So this wasn't the top. Yeah. This wasn't the top guy on everyone's board. Like we got to get. No, him. it wasn't. No, this is this draft class. This famously, this draft class is the Giannis draft class. But Giannis was taken by the Bucks at fifteen, and everyone thought this that this was crazy. No one even knew who this Greek kid was. So yeah. it's not like you could even sit there and be like, "Oh, they missed out on Giannis." No one knew that Giannis was. This was Victor Oladipo, New Orleans Noel out of out of Kentucky. Uh, ben Macklemore out of Kansas, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Rock um, it's actually funny too because they were kind of thinking the Cavs. I was reading some some previous stories on this. They're actually kind of thinking about entertaining the idea for Macklemore, just for him to suit up next to Kyrie. Potentially, what could that be? But ultimately, they all settled on on Bennett uh, and the GM, the guy who you know got fired because of it, was the only dissenter amongst the group of you know, trainers, you know, the medical staff, the scouts and everything like that to sit there and say, no, I'm not, I don't want this guy. But they ended up having to take it because they took a vote. Dan Gilbert was like, take a vote on this. Came down 9-1. Uh, uh, I think his name is Chris Clark was the GM back in the day. And he got shit canned because of it. Let me tell you a little bit about Anthony D- or Anthony Bennett. Four years, four teams, woefully out of shape. Um, and the one thing that they said that was his biggest issue, which is kind of like a little Manzelli-ish, is is that he just rolled out of bed bigger, stronger, faster, and could do more stuff in high school and college. But the second that he hit a little adversity in his game, he fell apart. And he didn't have the work ethic, and he didn't have the drive to go out there and do it. He was doing it basically because he was better than everyone, and it was easy for him. Yeah. Then when it became a struggle, then then that's where the issues were. Um, I I dare I say he's probably the worst number one overall pick since 1972's Larue Martin uh, with the Portland Trailblazers. That's how bad he was. Whoa! In this, yeah. <laughs> Whoa! Rocking back to 72 ish. 72, exactly. Well, I like um, I like my homework on this one. I'm behind the talent on lining up on the same picks. Uh, remember Vontae Davis, the cornerback for the Bills, who quit in the middle, or the Colts rather? Oh shit! Quit yeah, in the middle of the game. That's a good yeah. one. That's a good one. That right. Uh, and then Ryan Lochte, the swimmer from the Olympic swimmer. Damn, that's good. That's good. Yeah, he just he. I, he, I think he he scored a few too many gold medals to really push that, but it's it's pretty close. Yeah, it's all the after the stuff, you know, yeah. just him being a total dope and an idiot. Dope, yeah, like, and then, like uh, try the reality show has like a no offense out there earmuffs for anyone that has like a like a stingray tattoo, but got a stingray tattoo. That's two thumbs down. Like, <laughs> didn't, like it's like staged a robbery or something. Is that right? Like, it yeah. Didn't so actually that was happen. that was the big thing. That was it. Could have created like an international 
you know, situation because they were at the Olympics in Brazil and they were, I think, drunkenly out and trashed like some bodega and then said that they got stuck up, you know, held up and it, what all the information started coming out. I mean, that was the real thing. I was like, oh, shit, this lie. You know, it's one of those things. Where it's like, we'll just tell a lie to get out of it. Yeah. And the lie just becomes magnified by a thousand percent. That's exactly what happened to, to Ryan Lochte. Uh, all right, brother. Let's on the positive tip. Right. I get a little surprise for you, too, here. Let's get into the top two athletes of the last decade. So I, 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 I hope, hope that we don't have too much dissension amongst this because I think it's going to be interesting. I'm going to go with mine. Can I lead off with mine? Real sure, of course. I know I'm going to get lambasted. I'm going to get Homer picked to death on this. Fucking Tom Brady. Tom Brady, one of the top two athletes of this decade. Let me just run down. 119 wins and only 31 losses in the the decade. I'm just talking the 2010s, nothing else. He's got uh, two All-Pros in 2010 and 2017. He's made every Pro Bowl this decade, this year. Three and two in Super Bowl wins. Yeah. Um, had the Seattle win, right, where they, you know, as, as much of him. Atlanta, 28-3 to come back. Um, you, you've got... Just record stats, unbelievable. 42,000 career passing yards in the 2010s, 64% completion percentage, 306 TDs in those years. Just a staple in the NFL. Of the most popular sports in the NFL, he's the most consistent figure that you have. You got to put him up there as the best. Yeah, so on my list as well, of course, you have to. Um, nice thing about this is he had a little bit – the first iteration of his career could have been done. You know, he won those three yeah. Super Bowls before the turn of this decade. He could have called it good, and it'd be in, like, the conversation for, you know, top ten quarterbacks of all time. Like you said, five Super Bowls in that second decade, winning three of them, just set himself apart as the GOAT. In a conversation anymore, you can't say debatable. He is the greatest beat, the, uh, the greatest Super Bowl comeback in history against the Falcons. Permanently broke them, too. I don't know if we talked right, about that. Right. They've been unable to – bounce back from that uh he's really like pushing the questions of what you can do to take care of your body with this tb12 method which i see even kind of probably the more he has time to spend on that when he's out of the league like it's going to be like a legit thing like I, I know he talked about like we've counted this guy out when he says shit like i can play to 44 or 45 like i used to like a year ago or two years ago when he first brought that up when he was like 39 i was just like yeah, yeah, yeah whatever like well that's what every quarterback right. says now i legit don't know like, I don't like right. if he if he rolls out two seasons from now, like the 2021 season, like I wouldn't be shocked. Right. Fool me once. Shame on me. Fool me twice. You're Tom Brady. Like, that's how it is. You know what I mean? It's like this guy. You cannot. I think and, and it does say something to his ability to play longer into his career than anyone else. And I know I'm sure there are people and I even said it on some of the early iterations of our pods that, you know, we made our hot, hot takes. I think pod 10. I question the whole TB12 thing, and I still think there's going to be some smoke on that. I just hope we don't go, uh, oh, there's another shitbird for the 2010s. I guess he really is in 2010s, uh, uh, Lance Armstrong. But I hope we don't get that, like, that chapter of Tom Brady's legacy. But I ultimately, like, to me, it's not impactful with everyone juicing in the NFL. It doesn't mean much. It's kind of like the same thing with, like, I'm not going to look at him in terms of, like, a Barry Bonds-esque type player in the major league baseball. Like I'm going to look at it as, as this is what he needed to do in order to get it done. Everyone else is doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that yeah, fair? Absolutely. Yeah. And he's also like, uh, two more like highlights, just him as a person. Like he's kind of a fucking dork, but he like owns it. 
Yeah. I don't know. Like, I do, like, there's not. He t- he, yeah, he claims, like, like his, his wife dresses him and makes all of his fashion choices. Yeah, like, I like. Like, that's a dork move, but you know what? He just sits there and goes, I got six rings. All I care about is football. Yeah, like, all I care. It's everything that we ever sit there and say about any football player, any professional athlete. I don't care about what you do any outside of it. All I want you to just be singularly focused on the sport. Yeah. And that's what he is. He's obsessed. And yet we fucking shit on him for everything else, you know, that he does. Yeah, like I liked his Lamar Jackson, just like the way he treats other players. Like he just has yeah, like yeah. A, he's a lot of a lot of respect for him. It's just nice to see the whole package. Like gotta yeah. gotta give to that. Uh all right, brother, who's your second? And these aren't in uh, order. We're not guys, we're not doing the order now. We're just doing yeah, yeah, top yeah. two Exactly. Two. Exactly. Uh the other one, probably now at this stage of the game will be the most likable sport, the NBA. I'm going with LeBron James. How, again, Ooh. similar thing. If you look at 2010s, right? Yeah. He won three of his four MVPs during that time, 2010, 2012, 2013. Won three titles. Brought a title to the most depressed sports fan base of all time, the Cleveland area, with the Cleveland Cavs title. Coming back from three, three, down, uh, three games to one, the, the the amazing block that he had against Andre Iguodala, yeah. like that'll come up if we ever do top plays because I remember that was a monumental play. Yeah, we can do top plays, but boom, episode ninety two, top boom. plays of the decade, done. We right. just decided he, it. He he cap, he started he kicked off the decade with the decision, which was the single most <laughs> dramatic moment in professional sports history, where this phenom is deciding now where he's going to go play. Uh, the I Promise stuff when he came back to Cleveland. Eight straight finals, you know, 2010 through 2018. He went three and five in it, which is a wild record. But, I mean, just – and now in, in, in this season with the Lakers, just the hitting the re- rejuvenation machine, coming back, just dominating this early part of the NBA season. Yeah. I don't know how you could make a case against anyone other than LeBron James and Tom Brady as the top two athletes of the decade. So I have one argument. Mine's going to surprise you. you. Uh, first of all, like how many players have won three chips on three different teams? Uh, none. Wait, is it none? It is none. The there might be like a Lou sneaky Al- role player in there, I guess. Lou Alcind. Oh well, I guess no. You're right. Robert Ori has done it. Houston Rockets, Lakers, Spurs. He might be the only one. <laughs> but like elite level players. Yeah. You know. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has run two titles or titles in two different cities. Kawhi Leonard uh, just recently with the Spurs and the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, Shaq, then, Shaq did it. Shaq, no, Shaq just won his with the Lakers. He didn't get a Miami one. Oh, you're right. I take the back. You're right, Miami. You're right. Yeah, good job. Yeah, that's right. That's the first year with Flash, <laughs> nice, bro. Look at look that. Look at you, bud. right there. Change the crown. I'm just. I'm kidding. The head is heavy that wears the crown. I don't need the crown of the talent. That stays with you, most awesome. My number one is going to be a surprise to you. Now, my number one is whatever order, but it's going to be Enemy of the Podcast, who I officially do not want to make an Enemy of the Podcast This anymore. is a great – you know what? You can argue this. I thought so, right? I thought so. So I'll take him off that. It's uh, Steph Curry. Picked seventh overall in 2009. Uh, this decade took his team to five straight NBA Finals. Won three chips through that run. Had two MVPs. He is fourth all-time in three-point percentage. Uh, he has the record for most three points in a season at 402. He is third in career with 2492. That number will obviously go up. Uh, devastating that he got injured this year and not being able to play around and add those stats. Uh, he does show his mouthpiece like a toddler. But you put up stats like that, you can do whatever <laughs> he wants. And he is like the biggest thing 
out of all of it, if it wasn't him, he at least the, is the ambassador or leading the charge for changing the game. The kids yeah. on the, you know, on the blacktop now, like shooting threes is just as good about jo- joking about dunking or like throwing it up there. Like it's it's become, you know, it's it is a three point league now. It's about just that stat driven thing, and he really brought you know brought that conversation to the forefront. Yeah, exactly. I think um, the only knock that I would give on that is, is his first. I think it was like three years into the league was a little questionable as to whether he would be, uh, you know, a, you know, a specialty player. Yeah. Even seven, even seven seemed high, right? When he was drafted at seven, it was just like, I don't know. Just that transition from Davidson, like college ball to like pro ball with him specifically. It's just like, all right, well, you're not really, I, you know, it's hard. It was hard to picture him as a number one on a team. Right. And it speaks to how drastically the game has changed because, you know, if he came out today, he probably would be like a number one, you know, the Davidson and be like, this guy is an elite shooter, can create space and just has limitless range. He will play in today's NBA. Yeah. Back then in 2009, it was a real question mark. It was like, well, you know, yeah, he can shoot three pointers, but like, I mean, how is he going to get into the lane? Like how's how's he going to handle physically? (laughs) What's he going to do? Just, Shoot three-pointers the entire fucking game? That's right, insane. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> and then you see James Harden and all these guys just, like, really take it to the nth degree. So I, I, I so the last five to seven years have been dominated by Steph Curry. But it's a, those first three years in that decade that I would say would be, you know, along with the, the, the toddler chewing of the mouthpiece, are the two kind of Achilles heels on that. Yeah, I guess that's fair. What just sets him over the top for me is, you know, if this was just any other, like, center or whatever getting drafted, it's just like, oh, he's succeeding, like, he's winning championship. It's just, like, it's the added thing that's changing a sport, which right. is which is wild. Which right. Is and and he's, he's changed the sport, yes. I would say the, you know, I don't know. We, you know, it's tough to say – Having Durant added to that really changed the legacy of that whole Golden State run, and it was just such a fluke occurrence. So it, it is one of those things where I don't want to say and diminish that they wouldn't have won those championships post, you know, the Durant signing. Oh, that's but, good. But I, I would wonder, I would be curious if they would be able to him, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, if the three of them, and I get it, and everyone's probably screaming, oh, well, they won seventy three and eight that year without Durant, but yeah. they lost in that finals to LeBron, um, they went from an excellent team to an unbeatable team. It is one of those things where I wonder, like, would they have been able to, would he have been able to sustain that threshold and run it through there without Durant? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I guess it's a good question. I think I feel like that fact's going to be lost over time. Like, it's just a good team yeah. making good moves. I think if you were to look back and it's just like, oh, this is the most, you know, one of the strongest dynasties in NBA history. Like, yeah, going five for sure. Sure. Uh, I like it. I can't. I can't fault you. And and it shows the growth over ninety one. <laughs> Here we are. The first pod. The first thing I out. said. First, first thing pod. Said. We came out. We fucked. We fucked with Steph Curry. Enemy of the pod. We labeled him. Now ninety pods later. Here we are. Fucking look at us now. I have seen the light. Um. All right, guys. I think we just decided we're tackling in our top two, bottom two of twenty tens. Next week we're gonna bring you sports place. Gonna do top two plays, bottom two plays. Yes. You wanted that really bad, bro. You brought it up. Uh, we're gonna do it. All right, it's high noon. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. 
Alright, Neapolitan Showdown. What started out as ring some ice cream flavors. You know where we're at now. Um, best food for takeout. Here's a looking at this, brother. Um Did you have some criteria for this, by the way? I did. I did. Yes, good. Um good. Taking it out needs to improve the food somehow. Like it's not okay. like it's not I like I really like this food at the restaurant, but I want to eat it in front of my TV. I need like a little bit of, and I'll get into it. and I'll bring that up a little bit, mind, but it's just like taking it out is almost. Hey, spoiler alert: sushi not on my list. That belongs to be eaten in a sushi. It's on your list. <laughs> oh <laughs> you my god! Damn you! In damn your you. eyes. Oh, I can't wait to debate that. All right, let's just get yeah, into yeah. it. Okay, so so I I had oh, yeah, travels right well. Right, yeah. which is in that same thing. It needs to travel well. It does. Um, it's not something that I traditionally would make at home, like sushi. Um, and you uh, – oh, in this, I try to avoid basic bitchness because you often call me up for my basic bitchness. I this. do. So, all right. So, I'll get it with my number three, sushi. We'll just get fucking <laughs> right into it. Let's get, get right fucking in here. Bro, it's – um. Sushi's never quite I don't trust it sitting a little bit. Like there is a temperature unlike hot food or cold food or whatever, like or it is cold food. Like yeah. sushi needs to be at that right coldness and you can't fuck around with that. You're not sure, gonna get it home I hear in time. You, but in the in the uh, I've had it, I've I've more All right. I, it, uh, take uh, out uh, sushi, Yeah, uh, I've done uh, it many a times. Yeah. It fucking doesn't I will. It's my number three for a few other things other than that. Sure. I guess if you're relying and worried about uh, the oh, about about uh, you, room temperature fish, yes, yeah. I am worried about that. Thanks for bringing it up. Hundred percent. Right. <laughs> but that's, that's when you're looking at through the prism of just having it delivered to you. Yeah. There is the whole other chasm of you going to pick it up. That is considered takeout too. There you control the variables a little bit. You line it up on your order. Um, here's the other thing that I don't like with the takeout sushi aside from you know obviously you worry about salmonella and all that other stuff is that they they're, they're always light with the, the soy sauce packets yeah you know what i'm yep, saying yep, yep, yep. and there's never someone out there takeout food industry big takeout wherever you are find a way <laughs> to give us a out. fucking travel ramekin to put the wasabi and the soy sauce in there so i can get that little the dipping station yeah, that i need yeah you got to get it going that's why there's so many it's just like Sushi is almost like a triage unit. Like you need just people responding, bringing shit as needed. And you bring that home, like you're just kind of you hung out to dry. You're like, for, oh, like oh, sure. I need more wasabi. Well, I'm fu- I need to put like uh, this is a packet of. It seems it's this is a packet of soy sauce. There's like 0.2 ounces yeah. in this. And it's like, what am yeah. I gonna mix it in? What's going on? Um, all right, I'm giving you 62 points because you apparently like your fish 62 degrees. Right at room temperature. <laughs> What's your? Do you have a sushi order? Do you know what your like your staple sushi order is? I, that's the one thing I wanted to get on here. What do you What do you order when you go to sushi? Okay, so I'm not big. Uh, so we, you know what? You bring up the white creamy thing. There's a big fucking problem with like fuck that. Fuck the California rolls and all that. Yeah. The fucking Boston rolls. These bullshit like Philadelphia rolls. Yeah, the cream. I'm talking sushi, Brandana. Oh, I'm not talking oh. white trash sushi. Okay, if I get uh, so I definitely do the um. Yellowtail sashimi, the jalapeno. Yes. They do like the jalapeno. Oh, they dri- yeah. drizzle. Okay. Yep. The place right the fuck over. Why did I bring you there? When you come back next, I bring you there. 
Yellowtail, jalapeno, yellowtail, sashimi. Most menus have it, but this one drizzles, drizzles like a like a truffle soy sauce on it. Ooh. I, it's, just, it's just kind of weird for me. And I also like uh, I like the seared yellowtail. Like I knew one spot that kind of takes a little blowtorch and like blowtorches the edges of I the like yellowtail. It. I like there. it. I like it. So me and Dr. This is the commission. We get one or two specialty rolls, something sure. with maybe an avocado in there. looks good. Yeah. Um, we get our we get our base rolls. Spicy tuna, spicy yellowtail, can't miss. And then me, I was like a little. I like to get a little venturous. I like oh, the yeah. the ice what cream cone. You know what I mean? I'm talking the, the hand spicy rolls. scallop hand roll. The hand that's roll. Me. That's nuts. That's all me, baby. Wow. Yep. I'm liking it. I don't know if I met a hand roll lover. That's nuts. Good. For I you, like brother. it, bro. It's good. And and here's the thing. I can't fucking share it. Cannot. No. Share it. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, people are really getting to know us over 91 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. uh, you know, I'd like to share this, but there's tooth marks out of it. You can't share an ice cream cup. Um, much to your basic bitchness that you talked about, I might have been called out for my number three, but I got to go with it because one of my big things is the takeout has to lend itself to the quality of what you're ordering. Yes. I'm going with pizza. Yeah. Okay. So I, I know it's boring, but it's like, the, what's the biggest probably running with pizza when you're out ordering it? It's just like you get it and you're just like, oh, oh God, it's fucking hot as fuck. It just came out of an oven and then you have to just right. sit in front of it for four minutes. So you kind of have right. that discipline. Oh, at, the, at the restaurant. At yeah. the restaurant, yeah. yeah. Or you kind of burn the roof of your mouth. You're just like, fuck, you're feeling that the entire okay. time. So ordering a pizza comes out of the oven. It has time to fucking cool by the time it gets to you. It's just like yeah. the perfect temperature to throw it down. It is good. I did. I did take. I, I did take that and Chinese food off. I know I'm going to ruin it for you. Uh, I took those two off because those are basic business moves. But uh, I'd love me some pizza. I'm not. You're never going to hear me say anything bad. It is my desert island food. Oh wow! If, if I was, I would go. I'd eat pizza all day. Cold pizza. Fucking any type of pizza. Yeah. You, Everyone is, is freaking out about pineapple on pizza. Fucking bring it, bro. I just had that I'll, on my list. I wanted to ask you. I love. I love pineapple. I love pepperoni. What's your What's your Number one pizza. Okay, I'll wait. I'll, before you answer, I want to throw this down. What was also on my list, if it's takeout, I have to be able to eat it on the run also. Yes. Like, yeah, that's like on my, it. like, it's just like, I can eat it while I'm driving. I can eat it while I'm walking from the place. <laughs> I can eat it, like, it's just, that's part of the takeout, just kind of. That's the parameters. That's what I'm working at. All right, top pizza, what do you got? First off, I can eat food anywhere, so don't challenge me. <laughs> it like, doesn't you're like, matter. You're like, Soup, I'm eating sushi right now while doing this podcast. Exactly, exactly. Um so the uh, sausage and either peppers or mushroom or even all three, it's a fucking home run yeah. combo. Yeah. Home run combo. Mm-hmm. Even just like a, a plain thin crust cheese, fucking done well, amazing. You don't even need to fuck around with any other ingredients. Um, and then uh, I do like a little uh, – we've done spinach and mushroom lately too, just on the veggie tip. Oh, the veggie tip. You can have a p- – there's something if i don't eat meat i don't feel like i had a meal i'll say that right. i'm not trying to make vegetarians yeah, yeah. like heads explode if it's like if there's not meat on there i'm just like all right that was a snack when do we have dinner and and hawaiian pizza right you could do in there and they have now all sorts of barbecue chicken pizzas unbelievable hawaiian pizza is good where it gets a little wonky a little dicey is, is when people get heavy-handed with the pineapple you just sure. need a smattering and yeah. i'm a guy who has sit there and said fuck i don't like sweet and salty but look at me now. I don't either. Dana. Yes, I don't either, bro. Cut yes. from the same cloth. I agree. Yeah. It's just like sometimes there's just like, oh, like I want pepperoni and I want that 
accented with jalapenos. Like, I'll yes. do a pepperoni Italian sausage, and that's a 50-50 game. Go nuts on both. It's like, sometimes I just want a hint of something else. Like, just bring it on there. Pineapple's in that same tea-up. Just kind of yep, like, yep. just throw it on there. Just smatter it in there. What? Jets pe- Shout out Jets Pizza, Midwestern pizza chain. Fucking great Hawaiian pizza. Nothing, Fuck off. Nothing, never one pizza in the world, and we'll end it here. Um, pepperoni jalapeno stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut. I I I live in New York. I'm not gonna talk shit on New York pizza. Like it's it's good. Right, like it's right. fine. It's fine. I just let's not overvalue convenience for like the best in the world. Everyone just slow down. I do like walking in and being able to get a slice, but it's hmm, man. I might have just Careful. I might have had to pack my bags and leave New York. Um, yeah, you all just right. started World War Three. New York ovens. Those ovens are set to, I don't know, 292 degrees. I just made that number up, but I needed a big one. Oh, no. 292 to Much hotter, much hotter. But anyways, <laughs> I'll take it. All right, buddy. What do you got for number two? Number two, uh, I am going to go with subs. Hot subs <sighs> at that. Bless you. Mm. I know. You're allergic to good, delicious food. <laughs> I get it. I could have guessed that. Uh, could have guessed I love a Philly cheesesteak sandwich. Fucking delivery this is a you this is a that's my number two miss. brother this is your number two philly cheesesteak can't miss philly cheesesteak yeah. my number two hot hot you can first off on the go it could get a little messy you make sure you get a little bit because it could get on your hands but you're not worried about it you know it's got a little like little travel wrapper. suitcase that's get wrapped in there <laughs> travel suitcase, um yeah. and then and then uh anywhere you go pretty much can't fuck that sandwich up right the consistency it's is pretty, nice. Yeah. pretty tough to fuck that up. Yeah, consistency is nice. Uh, I feel a cheesesteak is my number two because also, again, like the pizza, needs time to settle. This yeah. steak is just coming off the grill. It's hot enough to melt the cheese. It's oh, The cheese is almost bubbling. It needs a breath, and it can take it that breath while it's showing up to my house. You ever get the Philly cheesesteak and you're like in the car and it's sitting on your lap? And you're like, God damn, this is like I gotta move this off into yeah. the <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is too you're, hot. You're, yeah, you're just like I'm gonna have like little like a second degree burn on my thigh here. Like, let's get this off. <laughs> right, right. I do, but it's also like a balance because you can't like some of those sandwiches you leave them hang too long, they seep through. But also, yes. you a knock on why this belongs at number two is right. this dish to me uh, impossible to reheat. It's a one or gone. Like, if you get a big, like, Philly cheese steak, steak I sandwich, it. I can't throw that in yeah. the oven. And, like, you can run pizza back. I know you'll have a pizza cold. I can't, like, yeah. once I'm done with the Philly cheese steak sandwich, it's done in the trash. Yeah, yeah. And and it does also, if you let it cool too long, it gets the the cheese gets stuck to the wrapper, the paper. Yeah. That's always a mess, too. But I like it. Uh, have you ever had leftover Philly cheese steak? I haven't. I have not. It all gets eaten. <laughs> it all gets eaten. That's fair. Because um, you want to reheat it anyway. You just leave it sitting on the counter like your sushi. Gross. Um, I got an iron gut. No worries. All right. We both had Philly cheesesteak sandwiches. I'm going to say you would polish off a full foot long. Uh, I'm going to oh, yeah. chalk that at 750 calories. Uh, I could probably get through about eight inches. Uh, yeah. Good meme that sound bite uh to do 600 all right number three spot what do you got buddy my number one the number one spot. oh number one spot i can't ever fucking get it right number one spot that's yeah. right that's right number one i'm going a little on the exotic tip it's good it's one of those ones where you you haven't had it lately and then when you when you have it you're instantly your eyes light up you're like yes let's go get this especially when you find the restaurant that's your go-to restaurant for this i'm going with indian food this is fucking Indian food 
fucks all day. It travels well. It's got a nice little container. It's a distant cousin to the Chinese food. They'd always get like, oh, let's just get this, that, or the other. It fucking rocks. Let me go. Let me just lay down my order because I know you're right. poo-pooing this. All order. right, I'll let you do it. Let me put down what I have agreed with what you said so far is that hats off to the containers there's a consistency with indian food where they take it seriously and they break it up and spread it up over different containers my fear and i'll just get out there would be do you know what indian restaurant you're ordering from because indian food can get sideways a quick yes yes that's the thing is once you get that restaurant dialed in that's your go-to restaurant once you get it dialed in that's that's the caveat to it when you find your spot it's your your spot it's great I would never cook this at a million years in my house. And would never fucking take a crack <laughs> sure, at it. Sure. You know never what? That's funny. Like years. it is like the the takeout thing has been more like, and it just shows our different like ways of life. Yours is more of just like I can't ever cook this for my family, so I need it brought to me. Mine's yes. like if you're gonna bring it to me, this is what I want. This is how I like it. <laughs> right, but why do, you don't like Indian food? Uh, go out and see the you're world, Brandon. It's a big, <laughs> beautiful good, world you're out good. there. All right, tell give us your order. All right, lamb sog, which is delicious, butter chicken, excellent, veggie samosas, nice. It's got a little potato vibe. The kids can get down on that. Garlic naan, you know, get a little, little garlic naan, tear a little piece off there, get a little yeah. sog on there, a little rice, a little basmati rice. Da, 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 da. Oh, it's so good. I'm gonna, that's, this, we're going to eat this for dinner oh. tonight. No, we're not. We're going to have fucking pizza, but that's fine. <laughs> that's, good. that's good. You like Greek food? I'm really like. Oh yes, I, don't, I like Greek food. I don't order Greek food enough. I mean, I don't the tzatziki get it on my face back in the white creamy thing, but it's just oh, like. Oh yeah, I, I love tzatziki. Yeah, it's just not. It's not overly like fatty. I just I think it's a nice. The, what are the I, things I love that, like too. the the grape leaves? Right, I'm not I'm not a big fan of those grape leaf things. Those are oh yeah, don't those Doma, are insane. Doma? You know they're yeah. like they're like they're like Greek egg rolls. They're wrapped in gra- grape leaves. They have like yeah, I think it's like, called. Do- I think they're like domas or something, right? Do- Duma, doma. Sure, yeah, whatever. That I that's tough for me because I've had a couple bad ones where the grape leaves were like really hard and firm, and it's like, ooh, this is not. Ooh, that's this is not good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I liked uh the flaming cheese. Opa, love yeah. it. We always used to go to Greek Town when I was a kid for special di- for special uh, events when I was a kid growing up in Detroit. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. fun fact. Keep learning about yeah. each other. Keep learning about each other, brother. That's right. Um, all right, my number one is you had on your basic bitch list, but I got a specific um, yeah, ch- chicken, chicken fried rice. Like, yes. I love chicken fried rice. No egg, of course. Eggs are gross. But it's, uh, you got everything you need. It's, so you eat it on the walk. It's in the container. Yes. Uh, eat with a spoon. It's just very self-contained, and it's it keeps well. It has like a reheat if you needed to. Then also, right. here's a pro tip. Take yourself the next time you get chicken fried rice. Get a little egg roll. Dip that egg roll in the hot mustard. And then roll that egg roll through the chicken fried rice. Would you take a bite Whoa. of that? You're Whoa, welcome. Look at that. <laughs> You're welcome. Look at that. Holy shit. Get it um, all together. It's wild. It's wild stuff. Hot mustard is wonderful. I always yep. get really bummed when I don't get hot mustard with my Chinese food order. I like to just take the bite on the egg roll. I don't remember that. Take, do you take the bite of the egg roll so you make a little like hole in the egg roll? Not from the top, not in the middle, like a maniac, but on the on the end side. <laughs> and then I can just I just like pour a little bit of hot oh, mustard, wow. a little bit of soy sauce, just back and forth, and I just there? work it down to the final bite. Is just like all of the mustard like running down. 
it is like a little like juicy pocket of egg roll deliciousness with hot mustard and soy sauce. That's wild because Chinese food is another thing on the list that it needs a beat to cool the fuck out. Like when yeah. egg rolls show up to your table, don't you dare touch those. No, you no, suicidal those maniac. Fucking, stay, yeah, those are like stay away. Yeah, those are Chinese warheads. Coming <laughs> at um, I like it. I like I like the house fried rice. Because I like the egg, I like the vegetable, I like the shrimp, I like the pork, I like the chicken, I like all of it. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, house fried, um, house fried is just kind of the uh, all of them. Everything, involved? yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the you know they, it's the drip tray of at the bar for <laughs> everything into yeah. the shot. Well, all yeah. that that makes me hear indecision, but I am not indecisive about this. Uh, victory brand, Dana. Mm. Just because your sushi drop really put you in. I don't a care, hole. people. I don't care. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to take this one as an L because uh, I am just so pleased that I got my orders out for the world. For when did. we walk in, we're gonna get our cheers <laughs> moments. I'm gonna get my norm moments in Indian restaurants all across the nation. They know what the score is. Um, all right, guys, real fast up against it. Bring us to the gambling corner jam. All right, Brandana Gambling Corner, Parlay Pats. Uh, so this 23-year-old kid uh, won $239,000 on a 15-leg parlay. A week later, does 330 k on a 13-leg parlay. So that's different choices. Uh, the big thing I wanted to point out here, this is just sharing the story. Uh, he was a, like, finally got 18. His first bet was Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather, yeah. Yeah. Fight and uh, Pacquiao, right? Yes, Pacquiao fight, which is something like I had debated doing. Is he actually he? He's a New Yorker. He drives to like a Jersey, New Jersey, gets yeah. right off, goes in the parking lot, makes his bets. That's, that that I thought was a really interesting thing, and I liked it because he was like, I like to drive and I like to travel. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's too <laughs> easy just to bet from my phone. Well, I, I do like, and he made a good point, and so we're, we're gonna. We're going to take a couple points out of this. We're not going to spend a ton of time up against it. But it is it is the thought of, instead of being reactionary with your bets, like thinking some fucking bets through. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like he has a plan. He thinks about his bets. And it's not like he's watching the game and he's just got to get the action. He's just like, all right, here's what I'm going to bet this week. I drove over. I drive over. I make the bet. I come back. Because even like the hobby gamblers I know, like their biggest problem is just needing to feel the action. And right. the action of like a Thursday night game, like a Colts Texans that you would never, you know, if it was on a Sunday lineup, you wouldn't touch, but you're just right. like, Oh, they're playing this Thursday. Like I got to get on some side of that. He's just, and there's two different camps. Like you can either be a, you know, you're gambling just cause you like to have fun and you just want to get it like yeah. play with your money. Or you're just like, Hey, I'd like to at least take a shot at winning money at this. And it's, that's where the discipline comes in, which is tough. Yeah. That's my biggest fault as a gambler is, is, the, the discipline portion of it because I am so much a feel better and uh, you know you've you propped me up as a talent on this podcast so I come in there and it's like oh kickoffs in 20 minutes what's the line three and a half oh yeah okay that'll work let's do it. you know what I mean and I don't I don't sometimes think through all the decisions I need like I need that that restrictor plate on my engine to kind of slow me down before I make that bet yeah that's a good thing if you're asking yourself what the line is right before kickoff uh, should be touching that game 
exactly. It's funny. I was watching. Uh, I don't want to get too deep. I was watching The Sopranos, and it's like. I know Bill Simmons talks about this on this podcast, like just being like a consultant on movies or whatever, or TV shows. And he was just like, oh man, like I lost that bet and they only lost by a field goal. It was just a field goal is a huge margin. <laughs> like if you're looking at these bets, like three points in a football game is a lot. Uh, but just to reel it fast to show you that um, probably passes in a fucking round. He bet $19,000 on the Packers money line uh, and they won in regulation uh, October 14th. So I'm trying to, what game was that? It's like Packers... Oh, uh, I should have pulled that. I should have pulled that up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're like, yeah, I agree. Maybe it was uh, yeah. October 4th. It wasn't the Vikings game. But anyway, it just shows you also he had. So basically his move is I think people see parlays and they think everything is just like, oh, like a 10 team parlay against the spread that multiplies very quickly. Right. This guy's doing money line parlays. So, for example, if you bet like the Saints who are favored by ten, and then you favor the Browns who are also favored by ten, if you put those into a money line parlay together, like you're still not getting one to one for your money. You're betting like uh, it's like a hundred dollars to win like sixty bucks because both those right. teams are favored so high. So that's his move. But he also he he his wager is high also. Like he bet uh, you know. Uh, he won October 27th, $239,000. Uh, he bet $25,000 on a three-team parlay. You know, so this this isn't like exponential thing. He is betting a lot of money. This isn't those yes. stories we hear where he's just like a $10 ticket for a 19-team parlay. Yeah, that's the thing that I thought that was most interesting is, is he stuck with the money line parlay. And I think it's like one of those things. It's like the, you know, obviously he's betting big ticket numbers, but for those like trying to establish a bankroll, you know, maybe you, you go out there with a hundred bucks and you're like, Hey, I want to go grow it to maybe like a couple thousand bucks. Potentially. I, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe like sticking to like a strategic money line parlay. So you're not betting the spread. Cause that's where obviously it gets wonky. And a lot of the factors have to coin happen. Flip. Yeah. It makes it a coin flip. Con- What's that? It makes it a coin flip. Technically yeah. gambling makes it a coin flip. Right. And then, but then, you know, maybe that's just a great way to start like a little bit and try and grow your bankroll if you don't have a lot of money. And you're like, all right, I, I know these guys will win. I feel confident they'll win. And I'm going to pick four teams that I feel confident that are going to win. And just kind of, you know, I'm getting my money back and a little extra. You know what I mean? I'm not making huge bets like this guy. Yeah, that's it. I, I look for money back. If you're really interested in gambling and you want to build like a little bit of a bankroll, I would advise you, so two things. Like, definitely look at Moneyline Parlays because now you're just – Pick, pick winners. Pick winners you feel yeah. good about. And also, with parlays, decide what you're going to do before you see the number. Because that's the trick of it. If you put in a 14 parlay at $100 and you're just like, oh, I don't really know. And you see it pays off 12 to 1. You put in $100 and you're just like, I can win $1,200 if this all happens. Like, you're not seeing the force for the trees. Right, like, right, like right. pick out what you think is going to happen, what the odds are of that, and then wager on that. Don't, like, fuck around just building different parlays because you're going to be like, oh, shit, like 16 to 1. Uh, just throw it down because, like, just differentiate it. Like, you can take swings and have that be right. fun, or you can build a bankroll. Building a bankroll right. isn't taking swings because this guy, like, he's taking swings on these big ones, but he talks about, like, a couple of his, like, big losses. And, you know, he lost 45K, 30K, like – one day after the other like it's, it's going to be swinging back and forth um all right guys this has been the mab sports podcast episode 91 
Um, <laughs> was that my Pacino coming out a little bit? It was a little bit. I, I thought was I was like, oh, bit. what episode are we in again? Uh, all right. I already uh, tipped my hat on it. MVP of the week for Cousins. Uh, four possessions in the second half. Four TDs. Uh, and NFL teams had won 97 straight games. Went up by 20 or more at halftime. And the Minnesota Vikings broke that streak. Spoiler alert. I was telling you about it. It was awesome. <laughs> I didn't even know if you were about to poke me about it. I uh, did have the Minnesota Vikings money line, and it was like I legit think I had an ulcer, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> like it was like my stomach just bunched up for like three hours and 15 minutes. It was insane. Uh, uh, the pity you told me that story off pod. Oh man, man buddy. Dark. Oh, oh man, shit. buddy. I can't. I don't ever want to be in that position uh, again. Anyway, uh, I'll be in that somehow tomorrow when I take the Saints money line. <laughs> we'll see. Holy. Fuck. Okay. Uh, excellent. Good on you. Good on you, Vikes. Let's go, Vikes. Uh, I'm going to go uh, a young little lad named Tyler Stallings. This uh, this little saint out there, he's eight years old, but four years ago, he started a GoFundMe, pa, or GoFundMe fund for uh, homeless vets for his homeless bags. And four years later, he's raised over $50,000 for homeless vets giving them uh, the money goes to buying bags that have supply kits, uh, shaving cream, toiletries, snacks, this, that, the other. And I just thought about it. I was like, this kid's eight years old. And four, when, he, when he was four years old, he sought, sought action out. His mom helped him, started a GoFundMe page. It's good to champion kids like these these days. Get to work. Uh, guys, it may be a sports podcast, episode 91. Got anything to say? Want us to hit anything as we do? Um, five more pieces for bottom two, top two of the 2010s. Shoot us that email at mabsportspodcast.gmail.com. I'm Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Folks, you know this takeout order is always going to work when you order some pod fried rice with a side of Mab Rolls. Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.